dark save for light being cast from the big tv screen and the imminent sunrise that's teasing the one starry sky with whispers of morning hey george hey lions how's it going it's a party is it it's been a regular party in here it's like there's a party in my mouth and everyone's throwing up <laughs> it's a lot like that yeah it's not like that because it is, is that it is. It's just, yeah yeah it's not a simile it's it, or, yeah it's not a simile it's a Metaphor? No, not a metaphor. It's a simile. It's reality. But it's neither. But which is similes you use like simile is, is when you use like yeah. or as. Yeah. yeah. Metaphor is you just say that it's the thing. So like you actually have a bunch of people in your mouth. Do you, do do you, you not? not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Um, we have to talk about Mario Party, which I think was interesting. Uh, this was actually foretold like a whole year ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh. Because you were here. It was like six months. It was when we were doing uh, Streets, of, Streets of Rage. Six months doesn't sound cool. Uh, yeah, 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Ten, thousands <laughs> of years ago. <laughs> yes. It was foretold on the walls of pyramids. Um, so Okay, six months, whatever. Uh, but we, we streamed Mario Party. Yeah. And we had been talking about like, oh, this is also a kind of game. You kind of have to play it together. Mm-hmm. Um. So we both played it a little bit independently. We played some together. Um, we played Mario Party. We did. <sighs> okay. Uh, here's the thing. Um, do you know how many games are in this series? Eight. Teen. It's like there's a whole bunch of on the Game Boy Advance had some. The I guess the DS and the 3DS had some. Hmm. Now a new one literally just came out. I thought that, that the most recent one is Mario Party 8. Is that what it's called? No, it, I'm thinking of Mario Kart 8. Yes. Okay. There are 10 numbered Mario parties. And then there's the portable ones, which have like different names. And then the most recent two, they did the Nintendo thing. And there's Super Mario Party, which was the first one on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And now the most recent one is Mario Party Superstars, which is like the greatest games from all of the earlier games. So, yeah, I mean, but they're plumbing a dry well, dude. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> I was going to say, like, like, you know, the greatest games of all the games is, is like saying I, I took the, the greatest students of all the F students. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're still not going to pass the SATs. <laughs> totally give it away right there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. No, yeah. no. Because of all the deep sighing you did at the beginning <laughs> of this, people didn't pick up on, on our overarching those, opinion. Those are subtle deep sighs. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, this was the original Mario Party for the Nintendo 64, um, 1998. And just in case somehow people are like, I know Mario. I don't know what the hell Mario Party is. This is a digital board game that is made up of uh, kind of isolated mini game challenges. Right. So you roll the dice, you move some number of spaces, everybody takes their turn. And then a mini game happens and then you can win coins and then you trade in the coins for stars. And then there's just endless other bulk, right? There's, you can steal stars. Sometimes stars magically switch places between two players. There's just a huge amount of random nonsense. Mm -hmm. So there's, 
it's a board game. There are board game rules and all the mini games have rules, but there's a huge amount of randomness. Yeah, I would say that it's it's kind of like a board game. If a board game had like a dungeon master, like it's like D&D, right? But there's also a DM and the DM drunk. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? Because, I mean, that's the thing is that like in D&D, there are rules, right? And the rules should be followed unless the DM just decides that the rules don't apply here or, or whatever, right? It's kind of the feel that it has to it. Is it like the computer's the DM? So it's just like playing Monopoly, but only if the old your older brother was like standing over you and being like, oh, no, Park Place costs double this time. Like, wh- why? Because like, you're, you're doing too well. It's not fun for everyone else. Yeah. So anyways, but that that that, that might be on a campus note. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't we don't do research, right? Nope. We're, we're allowed to play the game. Yep. And if the manual is important, like in some older games, you know, the manual counts as, as the game. Um, I don't think we've ever, oh no, in Metal Gear Solid, technically the box was required. Oh, yeah. uh, there, there's that one uh, codec frequency that is on the box. Right. Um, yep. But I always link the Wikipedia article for the game in case, again, somehow someone is like, I want to know more about this. I've never played it and I just listened to people talk about it for 90 minutes. Uh, in the Wikipedia article for this, so this counts, uh, there is a controversy because some of the mini games in Mario Party 1 are like stick rotators. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you do this. I do this where you actually rotate the stick with your palm. Oh, yeah. Not with your thumb. Of course. Because you're not an idiot. Right. Because you want to win. Yeah. Yeah. Because you came to play. So apparently Nintendo didn't think people were going to do that. And two things happened. One, kids were so violently competing with each other that they were getting like stick blisters Good. on their palms. Good. That means that they're committed. Yes. <laughs> and two, uh, they were breaking the joystick because they were like into it. Yeah. Uh, so. Which up their sales. It, so. Well, here's the thing. In later editions of Mario Party. See, we played the legit one before yeah. they were cowards. In later <laughs> editions, they removed mini games that require you to do fast stick movements hmm. so people would stop breaking their controllers interesting you know but that, that that's fascinating because like i wonder and you know i can't opine about later mario parties because i think i played one once with you and uh and and susan and i think that if i remember correctly i was just like this is banana pants you know and so we played the one and i could I remember being frustrated because I was like, oh, we can make this into a drinking game. And I couldn't even come up with a coherent set of sub rules to make it into a drinking game because of the randomness of it. Yeah. No, you would have to just drink on your turn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just. Yeah, that's fine. But I say all that to say that um, I'm wondering from an accessibility standpoint, because even like like rapid a button pressing, you know, can be like a accessibility thing. I wonder if they, you know, address that in any in any way in later versions. That's an interesting question, because when you when you're talking about competition with the computer, mm-hmm. I think that's fine. Like if somebody wanted to play this game single player and it's they're holding the A button instead of rapid fire pressing the A button, like I would be fine with that. Like that's it makes the game accessible to them. Once they're starting to play with other people, I don't know how you would make that feel fun. Interesting. Right. You know, like there, there may be a great answer. I'm not yeah. saying like I can't think of one. Therefore, there isn't one. I just can't like one isn't leaping to mind. Well, we we can reflect on it, but you know that sounds like we should do like what our due diligence should be is to play Mario Party All Stars as a new nostalgic game <laughs> to see if it holds up. I mean, I don't want to buy that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't want to spend the money on that. But uh, what uh, 
but you know, as as with with all parties, this game was best played with friends, and you know, we we also have uh, friends and a community. No, I, I know you're trying to like give me the the jumping off point, but you're just do, you're doing so good. So uh, <laughs> so you know, um, if you if you really like what we do here, uh, you can support us. Uh, you know, by all the normal channels, you can watch lines, play things on Twitch. You can, uh, you know, leave comments in, uh, po- in Apple Podcasts or, uh, you know, through any of the different podcasting apps. Um, you can, uh, and if you want to, you can give us money. Uh, you know, <laughs> Dude, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Tens across the board. Uh, <laughs> you haven't missed anything. Sweet. Uh, if you want to, you can give us money. Um, everybody, uh, if you give us any amount of money, you get to see the after show, right? Any amount of money. You give us $1. Uh, you get the after show material, which is normally more of us just faffing about. But sometimes we do deep dives on certain topics, like uh, whether or not um, Invincible is a good movie or, or, or a good show we're seeing. Um, but if you you know want to be really crazy and give us you know support us a- above that, uh, you can sometimes get your name shouted out, which puts us into certain categories, like our eight bit classics: Kevin, a stomp in Mario, John. A loser, Luigi. Sorry, John. <laughs> Luigi's just terrible, and he and he had to be on here. <laughs> Yarno, a powerful Peach, and Jason, a dizzying Donkey Kong, and our sixteen-bit heroes, Jacob, a yelling Yoshi, and Michael, a wild Wario, and our full three D supporter, David, the inventor of rubber band physics. <laughs> because I feel like whoever did that was just as much of a player character in this game as everything else I listed. That, that's fair. Yes. Yeah. The, the invisible hand of the market is very visible. <laughs> very, in, very visible. Yeah. Um, so I guess we're on to visuals. Is that where we're at? I'm, I'm disoriented now. Yeah, no, I, I mean, usually like, do I'm, the thing. We, no, we didn't. We, oh, we didn't do our, um, oh, we didn't do our, our nostalgia experience. Do you want to, should we go back or is it just dead to us? Uh, I mean, you just, just, my, I don't have one. I didn't play play this game as a kid. Uh, so I did play this game as a kid, and then I played one of the way later ones, and then the now second to most recent one. Mm. So my experience with this game was uh, every once in a while the graphics get better. Yep, and like that's that kind of felt like it was it because I was playing it at such a surface level mm-hmm. that if there were lots of little balances and tweaks and intricate differences, like I didn't notice them. It's just the newer ones look better than the older ones, but they certainly seem to play kind of like the, the game we played the original Mario party seems like the formula was established <laughs> and they stuck with it for like literally 15 sequels. Well, and also, so my nostalgic experience was I never played this game, but um, I knew people that played this game and pretty much the overarching consensus was the best way to end friendships with people is to play this game with them. And so I think this is the, the, the start of, of me not playing things because it's popular. Cause you know, people are like, Oh yeah, man, I played this with so-and-so man, just Mario party. It's, it's a great way to test your friendship. I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah. I don't want to do any of that. Why would, why would I, I'm going to go play more Ocarina of time. <laughs> going to go play golden. Yeah. Or anything, <laughs> anything, but the, the thing that ends friendship. So honestly, I, this is the first time I've played yeah. this game. So, so your nostalgia experience is actively avoiding it. Yes. yes. Great. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but I felt, I felt our friendship was strong enough that it could take it. And honestly, there were a couple of times where I thought you were going to hit me. So. <laughs> it, and I would have been in the right. Yes. Um, all right. Now we can talk about the visuals. Uh, character models, D plus everything else, C plus to B minus yep. like the, the actual little character models that are in the mini games and that walk around the map. Um, they're they're just not great and it's not 
I honestly don't think it's because the graphics are bad. Mm -hmm. It's because they had just recently made these characters 3D and they were still kind of feeling that out. Like Mario to me is not like plump enough. Like later 3D Mario is like kind of more of a little fat, like round face. He's got a little tummy, like he's a little, yeah. he's a little, little fat plumber guy, yeah. right? Uh, the Luigi model is actually pretty good. The Yoshi model is actually pretty good. Uh, Donkey Kong is like way too, also way too lean. <laughs> like he, he should be, you know, big. he's a gorilla, right? He should be big. Uh, and Peach is so, so cross-eyed. Yeah, which she is terrible. Which is, that one I think is the most offensive to me because... That's not like a oh I got the the polygons wrong. That's like you 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 built the building perfectly and then you screwed up the paint job. Yeah, like how'd you do that? You know, like that that to me feels like that if somebody was watching or playing the game and they're like, oh man, Mario's body looks a little too lean, or DK is you know a perfect V, like you know <laughs> he has definitely been lifting. I could see somebody being like, look, man, we don't have time to screw around with this until the cows come home. We got fifteen other things we got to do in this game, but. Peach being cross-eyed, it's like, just redraw those eyes. Like, I could redraw those eyes and then scan them and then replace that texture. That, that, that to me, is the one where I'm just kind of like, and again, I, I never want to, you know, poop on anyone's party and say, you know, oh, these people didn't care. But it's, it's like, man, did you, it's just a, such a weird place to not stick the landing, you know? Well, I feel like a lot of those, because they're, they're dolls, right? Their yeah. eyes don't move. Their mouths don't really move or anything. They're, they're pretty static little 3d assets. Um, like they articulate at the joints, but they don't, um, they don't like speak. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even though there's a ton of voice lines, uh, I feel like they made her character model and she probably looks fine, like at three quarters mm. or in profile, but because of the nature of the game, you are staring directly at them. They are staring directly into the camera a lot. So yeah. I feel like they should have optimized for that like nose to nose view because that is actually the most common way you see them. Cause at the end of every mini game, they turn all the characters that were involved in the mini game turn and look into the camera. So you're seeing that view constantly, like every yeah. single round. So to say like, you know, Oh, well she looks good, you know, from the side and from three quarters, but not face on. It's like, Oh, well how will she be positioned most of the time in the game? Oh, whoops. Yeah, and, and you know, so so one of the things that they they do is they do a tremendous amount of billboarding in this game. You know, it, it, to the point where it's it's it is almost like a fish with legs. Like you know, we we use that a lot to describe you know low poly three D. You know, it's oh well, it was the first time I tried to do three D. But I think that this is actually very much so aptly a fish with legs because it's like ninety percent a two D game that they just kind of added some honest to god 3d elements too yeah you know so it, it's more like a ps1 jrpg where there's rich static jpegs in the back mm -hmm. and then pfft, there's like mario just a 3d <laughs> model like walking across this jpeg yeah and so so that was and, and so part of me was like oh well they must have done that for space constraints right because it's like all right we well, have six boards uh i think so yeah. So space constraints and performance, right? Like, because the game never slows down and never nope. lags or, you know, drops frames or anything. No, it doesn't. But we'll circle around to that in a second. <laughs> um, it doesn't. To be fair, it doesn't. But, um, you know, I'd say like, oh, well, space constraints. But then, you know, when I think about how varied Mario 64 was, you know, I mean, they only had six levels. 
you know, right? But when you consider, look at Mario 64 and how many completely different, you know, like themed worlds there were, you know? Um, I just, I struggle to I, believe that that's the case, you I, know? I can explain this. Oh, go. I'm, I think I can. I'm going to act like yeah. I can. So in Mario 64, in Banjo-Kazooie, in Conker's Bad Fur Day, right? In any of these N64 3D platformers that had a ton of different worlds, the worlds are mostly made up of textured or solid color polygons, mm-hmm. but you are running all over the damn place, which means the camera is moving all the time. In Mario Party, you it's like you are sitting at a table looking down at a game board, mm-hmm. and that means that because the camera isn't moving, if everything was just a flat color, it like they could do that, but it would be boring <laughs> looking, right? So to get a significant amount of detail in there, they have to, because they couldn't do it with polygons, so they have to do it with a static JPEG, but it makes everything look grainy and muddy. It makes the characters weirdly pop up because their colors are so vibrant compared to the kind of muddy background. I mean, Final Fantasy VII is the exact same way, except you are in a gritty, grungy world, and it, like still is kind of shocking how much the characters <laughs> pop out. But like here, when you think of like, Oh, Mario 64 is bright and colorful and this game's bright and colorful, but it's because you have a static camera or a mostly static camera. Um, I think they went with, we want the highest level of detail possible. That means flat JPEGs with 3d models on top of them. And it's, it, it creates a kind of like, ah, everything's grainy. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that honestly with the board is like my least, least complaint about that because the board looks like a game board and it and it should like i think that to me this should be kind of like you know almost like Yu-Gi-Oh in the sense that you know it's it's you're playing a a two-dimensional game but parts of it pop up in like 3d holograms you know like it's it's like playing monopoly but the train is an actual train you know so your your piece is alive and moving and then they Jumanji style jump into these mini games and stuff like that. So I'm actually kind of okay with that um, as, on the whole. But then, you know, when they start to do the weird 2D, 3D in other areas, the, the biggest offender that you actually pointed out that I was like, why are they doing this was with the thwomps, you know? Oh, the, is that what those are called? The ones that are yeah. like walls? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that they're like a special type of thwomp. Probably it, probably like thwomp or something. Yeah. But but yeah, those those the the big wall things that in Mario 64 you ground pounded on the back when he would fall down. That, you know, so their arms are 2D yeah. paints. Yeah, they have JPEG arms. Yeah. And 3D bodies. Right. So <laughs> which just looks awful, you know. So and so to me it's like, well why did you do that because they literally load up a little vignette, you know, of so I, I just I, I, I struggle to believe that that's space constrained. So I don't know if this was actually the fish with legs where they said, like, OK, let's see how much of this melding of these two things we can do. But I just I struggle to believe that it's 100 percent space constraints outside of just the board itself, which, I like I said, like, I'm fine with that. But I had to believe that they had more processing power just because of, again, like looking at Mario or something like that. Yeah. And this is a thing about Nintendo that I don't, I don't have a lot of good prior information on and I can't go look it up now, but Nintendo is, is big, 
right? And they actually have a lot of studios within Nintendo. So when you say like, oh, this is a mainline Mario game, they have one studio that tends to do the mainline Mario games, but then like Mario Kart, Mario Party, Mario Golf, like those are actually probably done by entirely different parts of the Nintendo organization. So from the outside, when you're like, wow, Mario looks kind of weird in this. And it's like, yeah, they had their artist make a Mario sprite, right? And it's like, oh, but didn't they literally just use this same thwomp or whatever uh, in Mario 64, like two seconds ago? Did he have stupid JPEG hands? I don't think he did. It's like, oh, but they, yeah, because they literally drew their own or modeled their own. Like it's, they're not like different companies exactly because there's definitely some sounds and things in here that i i'm positive are wholesale lifted from super mario 64 uh but there are definitely a lot of visuals that it's just like do you have the license for these characters <laughs> like is this a fan game and not because they're bad but just because they're different and you would just look at it and be like why so you you might be right that uh this is an artistic choice that has just super duper not stood the test of time, not processing power, not uh storage. Just somebody was like, Oh, I like this because it, it, I like the amount of detail I can put on their hands. And it now looking back at it, you're like, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, just kind of, again, maybe saying like, all right, you know, we created the thwumps, whatever. I just tried to look it up real fast. I couldn't find it easily. So, um, the, because it's okay to do research just only while like live <laughs> yeah. while we're doing the show um but yeah or it could have just been like a you know hey let's see let's see if we can do this you know like like let's i mean because they've tried different i mean i you, you know more about it than i do but with donkey kong um the super nintendo donkey kong like they tried a completely different way of doing art you know so it may have just yeah 3d models that they then pixeled over yeah it's bonkers yeah so it's just kind of like so Maybe this was that, you know, maybe they were just saying like, hey, let's let's see if this new fangled art style, if we can make this work. And the answer was no, no, it looks terrible. (laughs) You know, it does not withstand the test of time. And it makes the whole thing look chintzy. You know, it it makes it kind of look just, (laughs) you know, it does is it makes it look like um, Mario Party's Mario is a poor man's Mario. You know, (laughs) it literally looks like you went to the store to buy a Mario 64 Mario and then reached into your pocket and realized that you needed a tenner and you only had a fiver on you. And then you're like, well, what can I get? And they're like, well, we we had this one in the back when we were um, using the oven to mold it. It, We left it in too long. So (laughs) it's the the second hand. Yeah. Like uh, like you used to be able to find clothing stores that it's like, oh, instead of, you know, Nike, it's 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 got like an A at the end instead of an E, right? And right. so it's like we it is made by Nike, but we can't sell it as like a full priced Nike T shirt or whatever. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 that it's the uh, yeah, it's the poor man's Mario. So like it, <laughs> we we left this one out in the sun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's not uh not good. So here's another thing that's I think fascinating, and we may talk about this more in mechanics, which is that. This is a, like you said, it's a, it's a, a video game board game, right? So one of the things about board games is that you have to make sure, and we see this way more in, in more modern board games, well-made ones, is that you have to be really, really clear with all of your affordances because ultimately the game can be played incorrectly, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, so like that's the thing is if we're, 
going to sit down and play Takedo and I'm going to wreck you by living the most <laughs> rich life humanly possible, right? Um, like I could just move my piece wherever I want to on the board. There's nothing that physically stops me, right? So you need to make it so that way, not only are the rules clear in the instruction manual, which you obviously have to read, right? Um, but the, the rules, visual theming and everything is very, very clear. The visual affordances are very clear in the game itself. That's not technically true in this type of game. So the so this is going to sound slightly tangential, but I promise it'll, it'll come back. <laughs> um, I, a few years back, um, started making a card game, right? And uh, and I've actually been working on it. So maybe one day I'll actually properly plug it on this show. But um, you're just seeding the idea yeah. in their heads. So that way, when I do plug it, I don't seem like a, a hopeless shill. I'm just like, you know, this has been a, my live stream. You're a hopeful shill. Yeah, exactly. Um, is that a, and so basically it's a it was a, a card game that was a RPG drinking game. Right. And I would constantly think like, oh, man, I should add this new mechanic in or I should do this or this would be interesting. And I had to keep coming back to you. People are going to be playing this drunk. So, no, I can't add that. It's too complicated. And I had to make sure that the visual affordances were crystal clear. Like, if a card is of a certain type, it was bright blue. It, there was nothing else that looked like that card because you might be drunk when you're playing it, right? So I think that, that I say all that to say that in this game, right, that type of leanness of visuals was not required. And because of that, they did not do it. There is Crap everywhere. <laughs> everywhere (laughs) everywhere there's crap all over the place and it's so hard to tell like you know like like they have huge instruction blocks before every game which is fine but like then you know there's some things you know question marks sometimes they do one thing sometimes they do another thing you know sometimes they move you in a certain direction you just kind of have to figure all this out but to me the worst offender the the exemplar that we want to give is um sometimes the the mini games are green the text for the mini game is green. I still don't know what that means. Still, and and I think I went back and played two more rounds after we played, mm-hmm. and I still wasn't able to puzzle it out. Right, and and twice I like turned to my laptop that was next to me and opened a tab, <laughs> and because my brain was just like, "You want to know the answer to this, and you can go easily find it." I was like, "No, okay, I can't do that." There's another visual cue that I still have no idea what it does. Um, when you go into some of the mini games, sometimes it's usually one, but sometimes one or more of the little character like stat boxes where the portrait and the number of stars and coins you have mm-hmm. will like flash rainbow colors. Oh uh, yeah. No idea why. No idea why. <laughs> and like, and I was watching for it and I was trying to put it together and say like, okay, what just happened before that happened or what happened right after that happened? And I, maybe if I played a hundred games, I'd be able to figure it out. But you could never, to your point, get away with that in an actual tabletop board game. If you were looking at the board and there's a rainbow, you know, symbol next to one person's like character profile, and it's like, oh, what does that rainbow symbol mean? You have to be able to answer that question. Yeah. You must be able to answer that question yeah. because you could be doing everything wrong. If you don't have that information in in Mario party, if a green mini game comes up, it's like, Oh, well green mini game came up. What does that mean? No idea. No idea. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would be like if you were playing monopoly and sometimes the chance cards were green and sometimes they were yellow and sometimes they're rainbow colored and you're like, and the text doesn't change. Nothing about changes. Just sometimes the chance card, 90% of the time it's orange or whatever they are. Yellow. I forget which one's which, um, I think chance is orange and community chest. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Not a doctor. Um, 
We should we should review Monopoly like one day. <laughs> that would mean we'd have to play, play Monopoly. Monopoly. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Uh, I I played myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, is is it if like ninety percent of the time they were orange, and then just once in a while they were rainbow colored, you'd be like, I got I got one of the rainbow colored ones. What does that mean? And if if the answer was it's it's nowhere in the instructions, like that would drive you insane. Yeah, you it'd know, be madness making. Yeah, and then especially if you went out and so, and then the worst thing, and this isn't this game isn't like entirely subject to this, but in a board game, right? It's the worst thing would be like then you know what would happen is you'd be playing Monopoly with a new person, and be like, oh, you got the Rainbow Chance card. That means it's doubled or halved or whatever random rule they decided to make up, right? So that's the thing is that like all of a sudden you'll get a green mini game. And you're like, is that good? Do I get more or less or i mean and and then the problem is all of those unknowns that are seeded by the poor visual affordances create a a staggering lack of trust between the player and the game which is then further exacerbated by the horrendous rubber band physics which we will get to (laughs) in mechanics right but the fact that you're like maybe maybe some of this could make sense maybe the fact that i just lost half of my coins and you know maybe this time because when Boo stole coins, sometimes he steals five, sometimes he steals ten. But maybe it's because I was rainbow colored two times ago. Maybe there is a reason behind it, but because there's no way for us to tell, it feels like the game's just making it up as they go. And the problem is the game is making a lot of stuff up as they go, <laughs> but it's exacerbating an already poor existing issue. Yeah. And and to I'll I'll be fair to the game. There are a lot of text info dumps. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have the manual handy for this game, so I maybe some of this stuff is explained in the manual. Uh, but I, I do want to be fair to the the actual like on cartridge game itself. There is an area you can go that's like about the game and options, and it might be explained in there. But honestly, I just never went in to check because there's already so much information being thrown at you constantly and the and this is i think the real insidious part is it never seemed to matter that i didn't know but that doesn't make the fact that i didn't know less like worrisome right right? every time a character card would flash especially if it was mine because it's like oh i did i did i do do i win (laughs) what does this mean right and it's like oh that mini game went exactly like all the other mini games or oh it landed on a green mini game maybe it's going to be different no it's exactly like the last 50 times i played that mini game so when you have these visual weirdnesses and there's a couple other places where there's visual weirdnesses where like the the jump arc doesn't behave quite the way you would expect where there's like this incongruency between like these are platforming characters doing a platforming minigame but not with platforming physics with like weird minigame physics so there's like all these little places where the visuals don't quite line up with what you expect or you just flat out have no idea what they mean and the fact that that doesn't then ruin the game where you have to go find out what those things mean is like worse like worse (laughs) because if you don't have to do something in a game you're not gonna do it you know i mean like we've talked about players optimizing the fun out of a game you know but if you don't make it so that way a thing you know what that's what there's no gating mechanics right no zero right so that's the thing is that like if there was something that happened to where you really couldn't progress or it made truly deeply zero sense right like if you got a green mini game and then all of a sudden it the the screen flashed white and then you were playing as a different character you'd be like what 
just happened. Like, I've got to go figure this out, you know? So I don't want to go too deep into mechanics, but I would say uh, the closest thing there is, and I don't mean this sarcastically, the closest thing there is to a gating mechanic is starting the game. Right. You have to select the pipe. Mm -hmm. You have to pick the character you're going to play. If you're not playing, if you're playing with other humans or not, you have to pick the other because it's always four people. Always, always, always uh, CPU or otherwise. Um, But as we saw, because we were playing and you went into a game that was like a slot machine Mm -hmm. and we started arguing about something, you weren't pressing any buttons. And then the slot machine just played itself. Yes. Like and then and you won like 10 coins or something. Your hands weren't on the controller, yeah, right? Like, so <laughs> literally, I know for a fact because yeah. I put the controller down to talk to you. Yeah. So the fact that they put all of these visuals on screen that are like, here's how all the buttons work. Here's how the mini games are played. Here's what you have to do. But then mechanically, they don't ever actually enforce that creates an even further an even wider gap between what they're conveying to you visually and what they expect you to do with that information. Because the answer is at least in some of the mini games, in certain cases, what they expect you to do with that information is maybe nothing. Right. Well, and I think that, that, and not to continue to beat this at horse, but this, this type of visual affordances being weird and, and maybe you're right. Maybe the instructions are locked behind some arcane area of the game, right? You know, maybe, maybe it is, but it's clearly not in a place where the game incentivizes you to check, right? So I think that this would be the equivalent of if, you know, you were playing a board game and it came with instructions and you read the instructions and it says, for additional tips and guidance, follow this QR code, right? And then you just start playing the game and then sometimes weird stuff happens in the game, but it's not enough to make you stop. It's just the 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 rainbow-colored chance card where you're like, is this better, different? I don't know. Should I go check? You know, like... I'm just going to play it like it's a normal card, you know, and then you just move on. Right. But then all of a sudden that you doing that breaks things later in the game. And now you don't know. And so all that is to say that as we were kind of kind of started with, which is that the it, it, it's it's like in Star Wars, where in the original trilogy, there was a lot of mysticism behind the lightsaber because they couldn't afford to do the effect a lot. Yeah. But then in the prequels, they could afford to do it all the time. And it looked like a dance, dance, rave party, you know? <laughs> so so this game is that in the sense that they, why are they sloppy with their visuals? Because they can afford to be, because you can't go off the rails. So let's, I like that as a pivot point to, um, I think they took advantage of digital board game with the map layouts mm-hmm. in a way that is great. Right. Uh, each of the maps looks completely different, has like, nothing to do with any of the other ones and we both have small kids uh i have some board games you probably have some games like this at your house that are like oh okay when you land on this space or when the die comes up this color take this piece of the board and you know it it comes out and you can move it over here or you can flip this over and there's a different set of you know tiles or whatever on the back and uh hate that stuff like Mm -hmm. i I just i don't know where my threshold is but i i don't like board games that are Lego sets and then mm-hmm. rules. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I don't know. I just, I don't care for it. So I think it's very smart of them in Mario party to say, well, we just, we can make the board do whatever. Like it can be all over the damn place. You can have boards where the pieces are, or, you know, the, the, the circles that you walk on, like are physically separated by insane distances in the, the Wario mine cart one, uh, you actually get blasted mm. in cannons 
from you can't physically walk there. You have to get fired in in cannons. Um, in a few of them, the the board uh, changes parts of it become accessible or inaccessible. Like that would be a nightmare to have to keep track of, right? Because if you if we were playing a regular tabletop game and you went down this way and you got a bunch of coins and stars or whatever, and then I was like, oh wait, the the thwump was in thwump mode and that meant you weren't supposed to be able to go down that way. It's like, what are you going to do? Walk all that back? Yeah. Like, no, it's just like, okay, I guess we'll just try to be better about it next time. But now that whole game is garbage, right? right? Because it's like, well, whoever wins or loses, it's all, we screwed up the rules and we have no way to walk them back. Digital board games do not have that problem. So they can make the boards as complicated and stupid as they want. And they super lean into it. The six maps are completely different. They look completely different. Their layouts are completely different. It is not just a different paint job. And it took me probably playing like four different maps before that really jumped out at me. But I was like, thank God they did this because if it was just different paint jobs on the same basic, like walk in a loop with maybe this one little like side shortcut or something that would have been such a wasted opportunity. Yeah, no, I mean, they, they do really make the board come alive with the difference. And I mean, in, and visually, the boards are wildly different, you know? So, I mean, it is very much so like, I mean, you know, there's one that's, you know, jungle, Indiana Jones themed, Donkey Kong, right? And there's the other <laughs> one that's, that's like cake, you know? And those two things, if you confuse those, even, <laughs> you know, with one eye blind while somebody's punching you in the back of the head, I'd still think that there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so, no, the, absolutely. Um, the I only have two other real throwaway notes for visuals, <laughs> Which is um, one, and this is a real throwaway note, but I, I wrote it down, so I want to say it, um, which is when when the ghost steals stuff from you, it rubbing on your, your icon. <laughs> on your little profile card. This is weird. It is weird. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I didn't like I just didn't like that animation. It's <laughs> all I've got for that. I just it's not a deep dive. It's just I didn't like it. Um, I will say, though, that one thing that they did that is, again, just a weird attention to detail juxtaposed by like the weird 2d 3d which is what makes me think it's an art choice is um in all the mini games especially the ones where it's like platforming uh you still have a shadow which is we 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 mentioned in our mario 64 game is absolutely critical in a 3d platformer yeah you have to know exactly where you're going to land before you can land there is because you can basically once you jump you can alter your in-air momentum in a way that would make Isaac Newton like <laughs> roll over in his grave, right? You know, <laughs> but but that being said, is that uh, yeah, you need to know where your shadow is, and so I, I forgot which mini game we were playing, but all of a sudden I said, "Oh man, I can almost always perfectly execute on this if I know if I just just look at my shadow. I'm not gonna look at my spot. I'm gonna look at my shadow." Oh, is it the one where the the coins fall from off screen? Maybe onto the flower. Because that that one, like, you could almost do that one without even looking at the coins yeah. because the shadows give it all away. Oh, yeah. I mean, and you can clean up on that mini game, man. That that one was one of the things that made a huge difference of me kicking the crap out of you twice. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, because I, I, I remember thinking, like, oh, man, just, just watching the shadows. I, I feel like it was a, a different one, but I was like, just watching the shadows is going to be perfect for this. I should, I should make a note about this. And then I almost turned to tell you, but then you knowing might make you play better. That, yeah, so, that, that would have been it. Yeah, and, and that yeah that would have made the difference. So I, I didn't say anything. I just silently took this note and uh, and jotted it down. But yeah, th- so basically that attention to detail, the fact that they still knew that if you're going to do platforming in three dimensions, you have to cast a shadow. 
that's pretty solid attention to detail, which makes me think that the other stuff that we're like, this is awful, was like an artistic choice because Mar- th- there are other decisions in this game that appear very deliberate, and Nintendo is not known for making not deliberate choices. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and this is the, you know, like, did it hold up? Because at the time, people might have been like, whoa, right? And it's, <laughs> and, and not everything, you know, maintains that kind of, uh, kind of audience response forever. Um, the last two things I wanted to mention about the visuals. Uh, when you finish a game, uh, there is like a really cute little map specific animation. So like um, in uh, the end of the the Wario map, that was the last one I played uh, on my last game, because um, the, the the theme of the map is that the red bombs and the black bombs are fighting. And so at the end of the map, that's why there's all these cannons at the end of the map. Um, they have like a little peace summit with the, with the winners. And like they, you know, it's like a cute little thing, but then the loser gets fired out of a cannon in the background and it makes like fireworks into the sun, into the sun. Good. Yes. Um, I mean, what else would you do with the loser? (laughs) I Uh, mean, (laughs) I've watched enough Superman to know nothing. That's what you do with things. You don't know what else to do with (laughs) them in the sun. Um, but I I thought that was cute because it's like, it's taking the, the part of a board game that is usually pretty not related to the board game and saying like, no, this is an opportunity for us to do something special because we're in the digital medium, right? At the end of Tokaido, you may have lived an incredible life, but the game doesn't respond in any significant way. The players did. The players do, right? <laughs> and and that's part of the board game experience, but it's because this is a digital board game, it can like celebrate and laugh along with you. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And it's specific to each map. Mm-hmm. Um, And then the one other thing is, uh, you know, the... I think the game is called teetering towers. Um, and it's like, you're, you're on like a brick tower in like a black abyss and it falls to one side and you have to jump to the next tower and and you have to do that like six or eight times or whatever to get all the way to the end. Um, and there, there's like a a bunch of towers, but sometimes you have to make the tower fall to the left because there is no tower to the, the right or whatever. Um, the towers are shaped like the stick on the N64 uh, with very clear vertices so that it's, it's obvious. Oh, if I hold in this direction, I will make the tower fall in that direction because it is exactly like the thumbstick. And I was like, I don't have enough time to replay all these games and look for other places. They did that, but this is at least one piece of evidence that shows that like Nintendo thoughtfulness, right? Exactly right. what you're talking about. Like someone said, yeah, we could make them rounder or we could make them square or whatever, but we're not going to because we want people to understand the relationship between what they're doing with their thumb and what the tower is going to do. And I was like, ah, I'll bet there's other instances in this game of them doing that. And I don't have time to go track them down, but it, this is proof, right? This is this. Now we know unicorns are real. Like yeah. we, we found one unicorn. We don't have to go find others. Now we know unicorns are real. So good, good on them for that. Kind of like the shadows, right? It shows that thoughtfulness, right? Uh, audio. It's music you're supposed to talk over. Yep. <laughs> I, I had that revelation this morning because I was playing by myself and not talking to anyone. And I was like, this music's fine, but it's a little backgroundy repetitive. Oh, because I'm supposed to be shouting at my friend and yep. they're supposed to be shouting. Right. Okay. This music is designed to be talked over. Ah, oh, that makes the solo experience even worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, and kind of everything about the audio is kind of duck like i mean there there is absolutely one i i cannot think of any 
information that is meaningfully fed to you through the audio. The only thing that I could think of was the uh, when you're pumping up your your Bowser balloon, you know, like it makes a you know, which could theoretically assist you in your timing. Um, but honestly, like that that's what the visuals the the visual does that you know there is and i think rightfully so absolutely nothing that is sent to you orally in this game that uh that could not be sussed out visually because you know i mean like for example in the the bowser balloon thing is that what they're expecting is while i'm sitting there going is that like i'm gonna i'm gonna throw my elbow out to knock your hand (laughs) knock your controller out of your hand you know so that way, and then you could be like, what the hell, dude? And I was like, no, man, it's, just, it's, it's a legitimate strategy. <laughs> so I'm just like sitting there hammering through it, right? Is that they, exp- I, I, it, you know what makes me think of is uh, this maybe a little tangential, but is the episode of The Simpsons where they end up getting the social worker because they all go to jail because they were playing Monopoly and the police were called and they were all trying to murder each other. Yeah, I'm actually not sure I remember that one. All right. Well, yeah. So, so basically, they, they're they're playing Monopoly, and then they they, well, this is absolutely tangential, but like, uh, you know, basically, Bart ends up with like fifty hotels on like Park Place, and Homer lands there, and uh, you know, you just see Bart like taking a stack of money. He goes, "You little light here, Homer." And Homer goes, "You, you I'll get you next ne- next round. You, you know, I'm good for it." He's like, "I'd love to believe you, Dad, but I mean, you've been in jail four times." <laughs> Because they told me it'd be like this on the outside. Anyways, after all of that, they get pulled away from that experience. And Chief Wiggum, Clancy Wiggum says, yet another Monopoly-based family violence. How do those Parker brothers sleep at night? <laughs> I, say, <laughs> I say all that to say, like, that's what this game feels like, right? Is that they, they literally plan for you to be yelling and 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 you know for this game to destroy friendships which is why i avoided it right you know so so it's like god how did the people at mario party sleep at night but yeah no there's absolutely this game could be played on mute and not a whole lot would be lost not a whole lot would be lost i would say what the sound effects mostly do are uh thematic stuff right to make the characters feel alive and to make the world feel alive right so like when you steal coins using the the creepy looking boo, like it makes the boo like skittering high pitched laugh. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which feels like you don't get that kind of thing out of a board game, right? You don't have background music out of a board game. Um, the, the, the win loss, like characters, like they have a little celebration noise they make or a little like, Oh, I lost noise. Right. So there's a lot of just make the world feel alive noises. I would say in terms of supporting the actual gameplay, all the sound effects that I can think of are paired exactly with a visual that are used just for that. Right. So the, the pump visual and the pump noise, there's no delay or anything, right? Like they are, the noise is happening exactly when the pump is happening. When you're doing the, the skiing, like cross country skiing thing through the desert, I guess you're like shuffling. Um, it's the, the stick, you know, left, right, left, right. Is, Why isn't that on snow? I, I have no idea. Okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> it just hit me. It's yeah. like, yeah, hey. Yeah, I'm, maybe they also cross-country ski on soft sand because it's a way to get around. I, I have no idea. Now, in, in a previous episode, you called sand hard. I'm, but anyway, continue. <laughs> Right, I'm saying on soft, soft sand. sand. Oh, yeah. That's why you can't say hard sand. Yeah, because yeah, uh, sand is naturally soft. Stupid. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> 
excellent throwback trying to get me though (laughs) Um, hey this one time you said um but the uh the there's a little stick like left right left right and it perfectly matches up with like the as you're kind of shuffling right so um when you jump it always lets you know you jumped when you pick up a coin it always makes the coin noise right and these are these are very generic like video game 101 sound effects but I think that's all on purpose. Yeah. I think the the visuals are supposed to look like a board game, but kind of in like an almost battle chess sort of way. Like the sound effects are just there because board games don't make sound effects and video games do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could play it on mute, but but the whole point is that there's background music for you to shout at your friend over. And there's, you know, jumping sound effects for you to miss because you're elbowing your friend and he's cursing at you now, right? So like the their absence would be felt because their presence is expected. Agreed. No, I, I can, I can definitely agree with that. I think that there's, because the, the whole kind of idea behind this is that again, it's a board game come to life is so, you know, there, there's no time that I can think of where I was making, and this is kind of more mechanics, but where I was making split second decisions, you know, like where it's like, Oh, so a great a great exemplar because this is the one whenever I think of like sound effects in service of gameplay, I think of Bomberman weirdly um, because Bomberman made a noise when a bomb was planted off screen because that's information you absolutely need because it can be done right you know yeah. and then all of a sudden that explosion could easily reach you so when all of a sudden you hear a boom, you need you're like, all right well the bad guy was to the right so I need to get behind a wall that way I can be the right there's but that's again that game is theoretically based to some degree on like twitch reflexes right you know you're making you know quick challenge based decisions rapid fire one after another you're not actually really supposed to be making decisions on this this is a weird like you know kind of physical game play challenge you know so so you know they don't they don't want you to be like oh well you didn't hear the boo noise so therefore you got got right yeah everyone is except that some of the games are, are asymmetrical, but generally everyone is supposed to have the same information be acting at the same time, right? It's, it's even when they're collaborative or competitive, because some of the games like you team up, it's not, you can't say like, Oh, well I couldn't hear the boo because you were shouting at him because he elbowed you and you dropped your controller. Right. Cause that would like, it would not be fun. The sounds, I would say, are just, and the music as well, is just, it's all for flavor. Yeah. You know, it's just flavor. So, uh, yeah, I mean, any, any, anything else? <laughs> um, I do want to mention just a couple things, uh, mainly because I always feel so bad for poor audio in games I, like this. It, you, know, you know, the thing is, I feel bad because you feel bad. Like, I don't feel bad. Yeah. Like, I'm okay burning this entire yeah. segment to the ground and just bringing it up whenever we feel like it, right? But you feel so guilty that I'm like, I feel bad about it. Because when we do play a game like an ocarina, right, that has this soaring musical score. And it's like, it, if you didn't say that, people would be like, how did you not? Right. And <laughs> and, and I just I feel like it, it's worth pointing out like, oh, all of the sound effects here are here because the board game is alive and yeah. the things that are alive make noises. Um, but a few things that I think are, are worth mentioning, uh, one, some of these sound effects definitely ripped wholesale from Mario 64, like no question, um, which is totally fine, right? Reuse yep. those assets. Um, two, uh, there's a couple times in video game donkeys videos where he says, <laughs> Oh, I miss. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually from this game. 
Um, because when you fail a mini game, uh, especially if it's like a solo mini game, it doesn't say lose. It says miss. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a translation thing or if that's actually the word that they intended. Um, but when Wario, cause you know, the characters all speak in their own voice lines. Uh, when Wario loses, he says, Oh, I miss. And I was like, Oh, that's the thing. Donkey says sometimes that this must be what that's from. Uh, and then the one other thing is some of the voice lines, none of the sound effects are, are over the top and bombastic. Some of the voice lines are so hammily overacted. And I think the best example that I found in the, the games that I played through is when Luigi loses a game, he sounds like he is passing a kidney stone. He's just like, <laughs> like it's this tortured, like, but not like, Oh God, Padme is dead. And I'm the one who killed her. It's like this kind of private, shameful agony. Like it's just so weird. And so over the top hmm. Pete, Peach does the same kind of thing, but it's like more like forced lilting, like flouncy girl. She's like, Oh no. And she's like, all right guys, like each character only gets a couple recorded voice lines, which means I'm going to hear these recorded voice lines a lot. Please, please ask them to do another take. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember any of like, to be fair, I was playing as Yoshi. Um, and also I never lost, so I don't really know what his lose lines. Well, and, but that's the thing is you hear all the victory and all the lose sounds every time. Cause there's always four players. Right. But I mean, I was only focused on mine and since I never oh, lost. Right. right yeah. Right, yeah. Know? Why, why would you pay attention to the losers? They're just going to get thrown I mean, what am I gonna the learn sun? from that. Right. Yeah, I mean, nothing. worst case scenario, bad. I'm going to get bad. Habits. <laughs> uh, mechanics. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, sorry. Do, do controls and mechanics. controls and mechanics. Yeah. Um, do we go directly to rubber band physics? Let's just start there. <laughs> I mean, because like uh, otherwise, you know, I don't anything other than the rubber band physics we won't give it its due. Like we got to pass this kidney stone, and then we can focus on like Luigi, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then then we can we can do it for that. Because I mean, I'll tell you what, man, Luigi sounds like he's passing a big mother <laughs> kidney stone. You, you proud of yourself? Very. Actually, okay. disproportionately, probably. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, rubber band physics. Play us off. So I have played Mario Party uh, considerably more than you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but still not a lot. <laughs> and most of the time, God, uh, maybe literally every other time that I played it before we were playing it for the episode, I was probably playing with other people, mm-hmm. right? Um, so what I never noticed before is how aggressive this game has rubber band physics. Uh, and if you are not familiar with that term, uh, dear listener, rubber band physics is why Mario Kart sometimes feels like a frustrating slog because you're way out there and then blue shell, lightning bolt, blue shell, blue shell, blue shell. And then you still take first anyway, or you still take second anyway, like wherever you were in the pack. But it's, it feels like there was all this, forced drama right Mm -hmm. like the cpu didn't want the other cpus to feel bad and so they got to finish a little bit closer to you than you would have you know blown them out of the water in mario kart things are moving very fast you have a very narrow field of view right because you're probably not right around the other 11 drivers uh this is not that right this is a slow paced 
mini game filled digital board game, which means every time some insane randomness happens that just happens to homogenize the distribution of stars or coins, um, you notice and and it's like really shoved right in your face. I actually had, I think the weirdest example of it this morning when I was playing by myself, because I was getting destroyed, like just bad rolls, bad luck, just over and over and over. And finally I was like, this is amazing. I'm going to lose against the CPU. I'm surprised <laughs> the CPU will allow this to happen. It turns out it wouldn't. So hmm. right two because i was playing a 20 20 turn game two turns from the end uh the cpu randomly gave me a star in one of the little change up mini games Mm -hmm. so star just got dumped into me i'd had no stars the entire game right uh and then another star got dumped into me and then my rolls made sure i collected a huge amount of coins so that in the post game i got the coin star and the i think mark yeah, like that, the happening star or whatever right. it's called. So it was like the, the game wouldn't let me lose against the computer. And I mean, granted, I was, I think I was playing on easy still, but I was just like, this is, this is less fun than losing. Right. Like I would have, you know, cause at least when we were playing together and you were beating me like, Oh, then we get to like joke around and ha ha ha. Yeah. But against the CPU, I was like, just, I had bad rolls. It's okay. Right. Just let me stop it. Or alternatively, don't, and this is this is where it's just it's it's we we have said this and philosophically and if anybody ever whenever we're playing Twitch together wants to sit down and talk philosophy like I'm game man you, know? <laughs> um, you want you you want to talk about cosmic nihilism you want to talk about hard determinism <laughs> like I am the 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 poster child for hard determinism or or, or you know the the proselytizer. spokesman yeah yeah, yeah. But anyways um, is that we but we've said many times is that there is no difference between a perfect illusion and reality right the problem is this is so far from a perfect illusion right so there are plenty of games that you know will kind of start to help you out if you're struggling so that way it feels like you're just barely being successful when you're in fact getting riggedy riggedy you would have gotten like completely wrecked you know um and there's sometimes and the thing is that when the player finds out about that it's always very frustrating right so just for an example is like let's say that you're playing and I don't know if the game does this, but just to use this example, The Last of Us, right? And let's just say that if the computer notices that you die in the same place like five times in a row, it gives you like 10% more aim assist, right? You know, then all of a sudden you're able to get through it, but it feels like you're wicked cunning that did it, not the fact that, you know, yeah, some of those bullets that miss would have hit. And maybe the computer's aim gets like 10% worse, right? But the problem is that that none of this is that elegant, right? So to your point, right, to, to, to your example, is that if the game wanted to really use good rubber band physics, like the, the definition of good rubber band physics isn't doing the thing where you hold on to one of those workout bands and then accidentally let your child hold on to the workout band and run across the room <laughs> and then let it go, right? The point, like, so in your example, what should have happened was the game should have never let you get that far behind in the first place, Right. You know, so when all of a sudden you're trailing zero stars, 10 coins, and the other person has like three stars and 50 coins, and all of a sudden you run up to clinch the win, you're like, that is dumb. Especially when they just are handing you stuff. It's not like your rolls got magically better. Exactly. Right. Right. If I, if they had just made me perform better, right? Like, because they can't, 
really cheat you through the mini games really and they can, but I'm saying like the rolls of the dice yeah. can all be fixed, yep. right? They, there's lots of other ways they could do it. That's more subtle, but for two CPU players to essentially conspire in stupidity. So it's like, Oh no, I accidentally took I'm DK and I accidentally took stars from uh, peach and gave them to Wario. And now Wario has them and I'm playing as Wario. So it's like, Oh, Silly Donkey Kong, but then Peach also does something catastrophically stupid that hurts her and helps me. And all of it right in the last two turns, right it's as they're about to cross the finish line, you know, and, yeah. and ride off into that golden sunset and they just totally flub it. It's like that. No. Like yeah. I'm maybe if I was a little kid, then yeah. I wouldn't notice or I wouldn't care, but I'm I'm not. Well, that's the thing is it's just you, you, the game could have cheated to, to make it closer in any way. And it's like, why, why did you do it? Because what is it? We, c- committing crimes isn't illegal. Just getting caught is right. You know, yeah. so um, so that's the thing is that, you know, it's, it's, if the game was elegant about its rubber band physics and not just throwing it in your face of like, oh, it's OK, champ, you're doing great. Like like that's insulting, you know. And so, again, like there's just and, and especially in a game where like. In, in a in a board game, right? Like uh Takedo or or like any 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 board game, right? You know? Um it's you can have runaway games because sometimes dice just aren't in your favor. You know, sometimes you just roll statistically unlikely series of rolls, right? This game doesn't suffer from that. It will it never and it never has to, right? What they can do is they can totally make it so it's like, oh man, you rolled a one. And you roll the second one you roll and you're like, oh man, this game's such BS, man, but it feels real because sometimes that happens. But it's like, okay, now you're gonna roll like a couple of tens in a row to kind of make up for it. You're not gonna notice that. You're gonna remember the fact that like if somebody says, you you know the game always makes sure it's a close game, you're like, no, that's not true, man. I remember rolling like five ones in a roll one that that one time. Like that's all the game needs to do, but it doesn't do any of that. Instead, it instead of altering the like the the subtle like probability mechanics, it blatantly in your face yanks things around i say all of that though but i mean like when i won it was skill based yeah like, no yeah. totally yeah. yes obviously <laughs> but actually you know one of the exemplars of the rubber band physics was when we were playing at one point i had zero stars and zero coins on like turn four or five out of 20 right so not at like the first round you know like other people had stars other people had massive sums of coins i had nothing and i came up to to, to end up closing with five stars and like 150 coins yeah like not only did i win it was a blowout like no one came close to me and i was like this doesn't feel earned like i would love to sit here and gloat to you and i will but like we both know (laughs) we both know that it wasn't you know like oh well it was my wicked cunning and all of those you know mini games that once i got the hang of them like i did that or oh no like i picked the Everybody else paid the thwomp, but I knew to go to the left instead of to the right. And that's what it was. None of that. It was just the game just literally straight up handed me two stars. Well, and and this is where the uh, the obviousness of the man behind the curtain is more self-evident in a board game and then is made additionally problematic in this game. Because if you're playing, I, I don't know, uh, Uno right or or poker right like no amount of skill will let you choose what card you get next right like you just get whatever comes off the top of the pile what you do with that is then 
whether or not you're skilled at the game and how much the rules allow for you to do something useful with this information is like, how much is this game random? How much is it skill-based? Mario Party is, the board is mostly random, right? Because it's rolling the dice, which are random. Uh, And then the board can move and shift. So like maybe I roll a 10 and it moves me over here. And then the CPU rolls a three and that changes the board. And then you roll the same 10 I just rolled, but you don't go where I just went because the board changed out from under you. Right. And there's nothing you could have done about that. Uh, The mini games mostly are skill based, Right. right? Where you would actually expect to be able to say like, Oh, I went into minigame Island and I practiced all these mini games. So George is going to come over later after school and I'm going to kick his ass in Mario party because I've been practicing the mini games, except a bunch of the mini games are, there is a very low ceiling beyond which they will not allow you to grow, right? Like they, they don't, they don't let the, the blade of grass get too tall. It gets cut down. So like, any of the like skateboarding racy games where you have like jump over obstacles mm-hmm. and stuff. I, I tested this. There is a threshold beyond which you cannot accelerate because they would have to change the way the camera functions. It would make it impossible to do like these super tight rubber band physics. So you are pressing against an invisible wall. And if you press the button, say 20 times a second or 10 times a second, you go the same speed until the last like five feet Right. And then it lets the pack break apart so that one person can cross the finish line separate from everybody else. And it's like, okay. I mean, I guess, right. Like with the pump game that you were like surprisingly good at, right. You just had that (laughs) rhythm down is like that actually, there's a reason that you want to go at a certain speed because it takes time to raise the pump and lower the pump. So pressing the thing too fast means you don't do like a full pump. Right. And so it's like, oh, the skill here is getting the rhythm. But in any of the games where the object is go fast, yeah. the fact that they don't let you go fast or in any of the games where the object is like jump over here or avoid getting hit by that, it's these weird mini game physics and not regular platformer physics just reinforces this like, yeah, these are skill based kind of, but there's still an element of rubber banding and randomness in here so that the CPU can still use this as a tool to affect the ultimate outcome of the game. Well, And, and to me, the, the thing that would be, um, you know, again, like, and it would, I can't believe that this was beyond their ability to do, right? Is that, you know, let's just say that, you know, you have 20 mini games, 50 mini games, right? I think it's 50. 50. So let's say you have 50 mini games, right? Um, what you can do is you can say, like, okay, 20% of them are based on how fast you can hit buttons, 10% are based on how fast you can rotate the controller, 10 are based off of rhythm, and the rhythms are different, like, whatever, right? You know, but basically, you say, like, we've got basically out of these 50, there's like seven general skills, right? You know, and um, and then say like, all right, then then what you can do is say like, all right, um, because I would be fine if you know we're neck and neck, or even if you're winning, right? And you get a mini game, and I just know that's your game, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like, well, crap, I thought I could pull ahead, but man, or, or so for example, you said, you know, and and I don't know why the rhythm just <laughs> came to me on that that thing, but yeah, once. I think the first time you beat me and then like every other time I was like, I just got it, right. So if it's like, oh man, you know, George has got like one star and like 50 coins and I've got one star and 20 coins, but I'm going to make it up on this. Ah, oh, no, it's the pump game. This is George's game, you know? So like that would be fine. Right. Um, and then what the game could do, right. Is even in 20 rounds, they could be like, okay, we're going to try like these 
five mini games, one from each category type. Who won? You know? Mm-hmm. And then once that person starts to pull too far ahead, no more of that type of mini game. You know, that person's that person's game is less likely to come up, you know? Yeah. And that would be something it would be almost impossible to correlate that, right? But then all of a sudden you feel like, oh man, yeah, I was running really far behind, but then I, I pulled ahead because I won the mini games because I happen to get the mini games that I'm good at and the computer can document that, you know? And then if you win none of them, then yeah, you deserve to lose because you, again, like you just don't, like none of the mini games are your games. This person kicks your butt in all of them, right? Yeah. Again, all of that would have been, would have been doable and, and absolutely. And then the other thing is not only are the mini games not entirely skill-based because yeah, they put you against a weird, hard skill wall, right? As opposed to just letting letting a good player be good, right? <laughs> some of them, a lot of them are straight up luck, right? Like like some of them are like pachinko or um, I mean it's pipes, but it's pachinko, right? Or um, uh, slot machines, you yeah. know? Where it's like this is, I mean, the, when the slot machine came up, I'm like, why why am I here? I mean, even in real life slot machines, a lot of times I'm like, why am I here? <laughs> this is also digital, like just. Instead of me putting in a quarter and pulling the thing and waiting for the thing, it's like, why don't I just give you $5 and then you can just tell me my win percentage and how much money I'm lost. I mean, this is why you're not a gambling addict (laughs) (laughs) because you don't care about the lights and the bells and the buzzers and the the thrill of like, oh, what's going to happen? But I think all of this is. and, and, And if there's more to say about the rubber band physics, please feel free. But I think all of this is indicative of two critical design decisions that I believe the designers made. One is uh, it's dangerous to go alone. They do not expect you or intend for you to play this game alone. Mm -hmm. This game lets you play with the CPU in case you don't have any friends. You don't have enough friends. You don't have any siblings. You don't have enough siblings. You don't, you want to practice or whatever, but it is not meant for that. And when the, there are four human players if the same amount of rubber banding is going on, which it may be right to, to try and make the game feel tight, you probably won't care as much because everybody's having a big laugh and it's a, it's a big, you know, Oh, you just rolled that lucky number. You know, you suck. Like you didn't do anything good. It's just a lucky roll of the dice. Right. Like, and that's fun with your friends or your family. It's not fun against the computer, even when you win. Cause it's yeah. just like, aha, I, whatever. Um, and the other thing is, so, so it's, it's meant to be played with other people. I really feel like the target audience for this game is young. Yeah. Right. Not, not just like children, but like little kids, like, right? Like under 10, possibly under six. Yes. Because the, the platforming mechanics, I definitely under 10. I think, well, definitely under 10. The reason why it's gotta be literate. Yeah. There's too much text, way yeah. too much text. Um, I don't know if Teddy could play this game just because of the volume of text. Yeah. But like a seven or eight year old. Oh yeah. Right. Would probably, one not notice the rubber banding and two not care because mm-hmm. they just it's the colors and the sounds and oh look i did it or oh you know damn you jimmy like you you know you get your game um, came up again well the one the, the one downside would be that, that if teddy were to play this game you know like like let's say he's 70s texas modern right is that like then later on when he's playing a, a game like i don't know overwatch or the last of us or something like that <laughs> and, and then he says the game cheated and i say the game the game doesn't cheat and he'd say Mario Party does. Mario Party always cheats. Yeah, and and, and so it was. Just, and and to me, I, I then would have to have to try to describe to him what rubber band physics is. But rubber band physics to a six year old or to a ten year old even is cheating. Oh yeah, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's 
But I mean, it's it's like when we would play Street Fighter or something like that. We'd be like, Street Fighter cheated. It's like, no, actually, it probably didn't. You know, the, the game can just react infinitely faster than you. But this would absolutely plant the seed in your mind that games cheat. And it would be difficult to shake that for a while for games where, that don't have rubber band physics. You know yeah. Yeah. And, and I think your your comparison to like making the enemy behave suboptimally or the aim assist gets a little aim assistier, right? Like those kinds of things are. They're part of video games, not because players can't get good, but there's just limitations, right, to what you can communicate to the game with your thumbs while zombies are trying to eat your face. So, like, saying, we know you were attempting to shoot them in the head, and you were close enough that we decided to give it to you, every game has to make that decision to exist, right? Like, they, they have to have an algorithm by which they decide if you shot the zombie in the head or not. The problem is... If you take the exact same shot twice and you see both of them miss, except one of them is counted as a hit, that eventually starts to make you question, right? And it's like, did any of my shots actually hit, right? And and good games don't create that feeling in the player. This game, like Mario Kart, except this does it on friggin' steroids, is constantly making anyone with even a mild games literacy go... Oh, how convenient. Yeah. Oh, how convenient. Oh, look, how convenient. Well, and actually, I would I would make the argument that some of the um, you know, like like to the the oh, did you shoot them in the head or not, right? You know, the the slight assist. I actually think that that's helpful because um and, and here's the analogy I'm going to give is that uh it's like let's just say that you're you're weight training, right? So, you know, you you got two big boy plates on each side, right? And so you're like, "All right, I'm going to put up 225," right? You're sitting there and you're working at it and you're trying. And if like your spotter could just slide off five pounds magically, right? So you're like almost there. And then they're like, maybe it's maybe it's five pounds lighter. Cause I've I've seen you get to this point like four or five times and you just you I know you're not gonna make it. So maybe five pounds lighter, and then you're like, Yeah, I did it. All right. And then, you know, and then you don't change the difficulty, right? And then eventually they just that aim assist goes away because you do get a little bit better, right? Versus what this game does is like jumps in the air and like drop kicks the weight off of both sides <laughs> so you're back down to the bar and says no you got it that's 225 and you're like no it's not it's clearly just the bar and it's like no man you're no, you're, you're doing, doing great champ <laughs> yeah keep, keep up the great work um one of the other things so uh one of the the, the notes i have this kind of a throwaway note which is the game plays itself a lot but that is a ex a, a, a artifact of there being computer players which to your point they're not planning on being there, but but there were a number of times where you know we both put down our controllers and they're like, well, let's I guess grab a drink. I don't know, like make a sandwich. Dude, I'll tell you that is massively exacerbated playing single player. But the fact that even with two people, because you think you know, like kid and their best friend, or kid and the neighbor kid, right, mm-hmm. or kid and their sibling, like probably a lot more two player games of Mario Party have been played than three and four player games, mm-hmm. right? Just because of how things work. Yeah. Uh, the fact that it is still that noticeable, even when there's two human players, it's like CPU pick one of us. Yeah. If if you're going to make someone play a single, because some of the games are single player games, uh, the little mini games is like, then pick one of us. Yeah. Why are you the, the, the N64 friggin' masturbating? Like, I know you know yeah. how to play Mario party. You are Mario yeah. party. <laughs> yeah. You, you can play it perfectly. I'm sure of that. Um, one one of the other big meaty things, and I just have a few throwaway notes that I do want to talk about, is the quanta for victory is incredibly small, right? And I think that that's an interesting game choice, right? So you get tons of coins, 
tons of coins, right? But that's not what makes you win. What makes you win is stars. And even in our biggest game, I think there were a total of six stars on the board. To be fair, we only played 20 turn games. Mm -hmm. There's also 35 and 50, Mm -hmm. which may presumably there's more fliff getting tossed around. Dude, I cannot imagine playing a 50 round game of this. (laughs) I just 20 rounds was a bit of a slog, you know, know. like like I remember one time I joke like for the second game, I was like, oh, we got to try. I mean, we're going to review this game. We got to try 50. I knocked (laughs) all the way up to 50. And like, I don't think that joke was even funny because nah. it was just mean. It was just a yeah. mean joke, you no, know. It's like, like we're we're not doing that. We're not investing four hours into a single round of Mario Party. I just, oh man, I can't. I, the the only thing that would make me want to do that is one to just say I climbed that mountain, and two, the only way I could picture doing that would be like if I was having like a college weekend where we were all kind of just hanging out and drinking all weekend, and that was just perpetually on in the background. So this this is actually something I had as a throwaway note, but it's specifically relevant to what you just said. Okay. Uh, there's this one thing that I happen to notice in the options because I, I pause the game to like go get a glass of water or something. And uh, in the options, you can actually add and remove CPU players during a game. That's good. So if, you know, you're my older sibling and you're at home playing Mario Party and I come home from school because my bus was late or something... And I come in and you're like on round 15 of a 35 round game. I could literally plug in the controller and you could pause the game and add me. And I I think you just take over. I didn't stress test it super hard. But like the fact that you can drop in and out like that, I was like, that's surprisingly sophisticated for a game that is obviously directed at children who need rubber band physics for the game to be enjoyable that they were like, Oh, well maybe, you know, you're in the middle of a 50 round game. And then like Johnny's mom is outside, you know, calling for him to come in for dinner. So he's got to, you know, go home because, you know, he, he can't stay and play another 15 turns. So he leaves. What do you do? Oh, just turn him back into a CPU player. Yeah. Like, Oh, and then he told his mom that it's a super exciting game. And so he comes back over. So you just turn the CPU player back into a, a human controlled player. I was like, this is good yeah like that's a real good so real really good choice. shockingly yeah. sophisticated no love it love everything about it yeah so a weekend of you know drunk college students dipping in and out of mario party is actually something they apparently accounted for great um but for the uh, at least for the 20 round game which is all i can in good conscience ever recommend anyone play um is uh is that it they they kind of shot themselves in the foot because having such a small lever to pull is tough right so one of the um kind of examples i can give of this is hearthstone which have you played any of that uh no actually i've there's a couple ccgs i've messed with a little but i haven't played hearthstone um so and i I, it's been a while since i've played but i might flub this a little bit but is that um basically you start off with three cards right um and then you flip a coin digitally to determine who goes first and if I go first, then I get to go first. I get first move advantage, right? Which is can be very substantial, right? Um, but if so, but if you go second, you get another card and a coin that will give you one additional mana for a turn, right? That is powerful because the thing is that the only lever that they have to pull is cards, right? So it's either they can't give you an extra half a card, right, or anything like that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. They they can only give you one additional card, but that brings your card total up by 33 percent right a lot and and that was 
I guess what they decided is the best way to counter first mover advantage. Correct. So I say all of that to say that the problem with having stars cost 20 coins, which is a fair amount of money at the beginning, right? Um, that's a, that's a, that's a big chunk of coin. Uh, and so is that, you know, it's not until 10 rounds in until probably it, there's even more than two stars at play on the board at all. So that means that any movement of those stars seems like an impossible swing of the pendulum, you know, and it, it hurts, you know? Yeah. So like, like when you, when you had a star and then all of a sudden your star was taken from you and given to me, I was like, that's paradigm shifting you know like i had zero stars and you had one star you were clearly in the lead and now all of a sudden like you are woefully behind and i'm clearly in the lead it's it's wild and so i am surprised that they decided to go with collecting stars as the metric for victory as opposed to points you know that seems weird to me especially because it would be easy to to flip that right to say Whoever has the most coins at the end of the game wins. And if you collected stars, those are worth coins. Mm, yeah. You know, because then all of a sudden I could be like, yeah, well, you've got a star, but, you know, I've got, and then and maybe there could be additional mechanics that you could like be like, all right, I've got three stars. Each are worth 20 coins. This guy has eight, you know, 80 coins. But, you know, if I can get to this area of the board, I can make all stars worth 30 coins instead of 20, you know? Yeah. It, or, that, or coins can be stolen, but stars can't. Right. right. So So it's like. You you invest in stars so that now they're safe, right? right? But Love it. but now yeah. you can't spend them because you can't convert them back into coins. Correct, right? So I mean that would give a lot more depth to it. And again, you know, like getting and losing ten coins, it's like oh well, yeah, that happens five coins, and then the coins would have so much more meaning. But I mean, you know, as opposed to like I can have a thousand coins, and that will be worth one star at the end of the game. Yep, that's it. Yeah. You know, so once you get coins beyond a certain point, it doesn't really matter. You know, the the reward is less meaningful. Well, and this is something uh, we talked about while we were playing is I don't know at which point they started messing with this, but in the original Mario Party that we played uh, at the end of every map. So after your 20 turns or your 35 or your 50 turns are up, they say, we're going to check who has the most stars. If there's a tie, then they compare number of coins. Then they give out the bonus points. I can't believe they literally don't even call them bonus stars. Right. The bonus points. So there's a star for most coins, and that's coins at the end of the game. Not not who collected the most over the course of the game, who has the most coins right now. Which is important. Right, and can swing dramatically. Um, Then it's uh, who won the most minigames. Mm-hmm which also seems kind of insane because not all the mini games are versus, right? Some of them are collaborative. Some of them are one V three. Like that totally changes the number of opportunities you even had to win, like win. Um, and then who, uh, who stepped on the the happenings? Yeah. Most question marks. Um, so, uh, you can kind of plan for that a little, right? Like if you know, there's no way in hell I'm going to get from here to the star because some of the maps are big, right? So there's no way I'm going to get from here to the star. Uh, so I'm going to just try to collect as many coins as I can. In every mini game, I'm just going to be hyper-focused on collecting coins because I have the most coins. Then at the end, I know I'll get the, the bonus star. Um, that's There's still a lot of randomness and you can't really exert your will on that too much, but at least they're known in somewhere along the line in the later Mario games. They have like 20 different 
bonus points, but they only pick three and they pick them randomly. Right. So they have this whole additional lever of rubber band bullshit <laughs> randomness to pull, which is like, oh, it's the character who sucked the worst. We're going to give them a star so that nobody finishes with zero stars, right? Like it, it's just this. Well, it, and, and all of the, the reason none of these deeper mechanics that we're alluding to are there is because it's for kids. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, uh, it's just makes me think of the Simpsons where, uh, Mo is competing with, uh, other bartenders for to be Duff, like calendar person or whatever. And just Duffman says like, all right, for the last round, which is worth 50 points, making all of the other rounds completely meaningless. Oh yeah. You know, it's, it's that right. Where it's just kind of like if, at most, because I mean, the most stars I think we ever saw in play on the board were three. That sounds about right. Yeah, on the board, right? Because I think that the biggest dichotomous game we had was you had one star and I had five. So six total stars. So three yeah. on the board and then three at the end, right? Yep. But that means that there is a 100% swing, you know? So that means that I could be ahead three, a blowout, three to nothing. But if you happen to get all of the coins, and happened to step on all the question marks and won all the mini games. Now we're facing a tie. Well, now we're facing a tie. And if I got the star for having the most coins, that means I have more coins than you, which means, means now I win the tie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like basically it went from a blowout to you won. Yeah. You know, so, so yes, yeah. so, I mean, again, and then that just, and so ultimately, right, games and I mean experiences in general, if we want to at me, let's talk <laughs> philosophy. Um, it's just it's about how you feel, right? And so the question is, you know, do you feel like if all of a sudden I'm winning three nothing across the board, right? You know, I don't feel great because probably the way I got there was rife with rubber band physics and dumb stuff and all sorts of stuff. So I'm like, I mean, I guess I won. And then all of a sudden it's like you come blazing forward and you're like, I I guess I won. And so we're both kind of like, do we right now I, I don't know you know like i don't feel that you know i, I mean if <laughs> when we're playing mario kart right and you blow the doors off of me and you, you know you turn me and you're like i don't know man you just gotta get good like that's legit because i, I gotta get good right um when when we're playing racquetball and you know i'm just like like you know hey you might want to try uh um playing you know <laughs> or uh or or no what was w- it that, wake up yeah or, or or you know like when we're playing racquetball and i have enough time to disappointedly shake my head at you <laughs> before I return the ball that you can't return. Right. You know, like, like yeah. that's, that's fun. Cause it's, it's, it's a show of skill. Right. You know, um, this is not that. Nope. No, I don't, I don't think, uh, two people at slot machines ever, unless they're like serious gambling addicts and they, <laughs> and they, they believe all the craziness. Yeah. I don't think they ever look at the other person and they're like, mm, a real master of the one arm bandit. Like you can, you yeah. can tell the way he pulls the arm. Like that's, that's how he wins so much. Like no, they know, they know yeah. it's random, right? Right. Like they may believe if they have their socks on inside out and their baseball cap backwards that, you know, and they don't play on Tuesdays after 9 PM, that that's how they're going to strike it big. But I don't think they look at other players and say, Oh, that person's doing this thing. That's going to help them win. Cause they know in their heart of hearts that it's, it's not skill. It's random. Right. It is not, a, it is not a game of skill, which is why it's gambling. Um, all I've got, but that, that was the big other meaty thing I wanted to touch on, which is that by leveraging such a small quanta for victory, it makes the rubber band physics even because they can't, they can't make nuanced tweaks. It's, it's all big moves. Yeah. And it's big, big blunt objects. Yeah. And it's, and it's all super noticeable. And, and honestly, I just, I 
don't know why they don't use coins. Like, that would make all of this way more elegant, you know? But is what it is. People seem to like collecting a thing to trade in for a thing. Like, I collected 50 Flugelflargans, and now I can trade them in for a Flugelflargan. It's like, yay, now I have two Flugelflargans, right? Because I think, at least in most modern countries where we use, like, base 10 currency, it's like, oh... I could have 10 $1 bills or I could have one $10 bill, right? Because 20 coins is one star, right? And I mean, granted, it's not fungible. Like you can't turn it back into it, into 20 coins. But like, there's something about, I collect a bunch of these and turn it into this. And then I collect 10 of those. And I, you know, my, my yeah. coppers become silvers. My silvers become gold. My gold becomes platinums. And I guess there's Ethereum or whatever in there. And nobody cares. Elect them. Um, but it's, uh. I, I don't know what it is, man. It's just like a human thing. But I, I really, really like your add to that mechanic, though, which is that, like, yeah, stars can't be stolen. You yeah. know, like, it, I, I like the idea if it's like I trade in, you know, the minute I get 20 coins and I can get to a place where I trade can trade in for stars, I trade in all of my coins for stars. Like, I can't spend them. I can't use the coins for any other purpose, but that locks them in, you know, which is, again, like, that's a risk to reward thing where it's like, if you want to play high risk to high reward, then never get a star in, in your in your idea, right? You know, like always be liquid. You know, <laughs> but but then you I know, carry all of my money on me everywhere. I right, go. exactly. But then you know, if you got to use, if you got to pay coins in order to get uh, piranha plants to steal other people's coins for you, or pay the boo to steal coins for you, or whatever, right? Like all of that's doable. You know, so I, I I like that as a mechanic because then it's like you can play the lowest game of making sure that the as soon as you can trading it in and locking in your money, but then locked in especially if it's like if they did a thing and again because they can do it with this quanta is like let's say that a star is worth 20 coins but in in the end game it's only worth 18 you know so it's like yeah it's safe it's worth a little less you know because then you would have people who swear up and down that i mean why would you ever do that like always keep these coins and other people be like dude are you kidding me like but you just lost 20 coins that would (laughs) have happened if they were stars you know like but instead of just the game picking and choosing for you. Do you have any other big notes? Uh, I don't have any other big notes, but I just wanted to mention in the uh, Yoshi's Island um, map, because uh, Bowser's in, I think, every single map, and he behaves differently. Like, he's also themed to the map. Yeah, he's, he's kind of always a dick. He is. <laughs> uh, but he's like an on-brand dick. Yeah, in, um, in which way he he, yeah. he, he does it, yeah. Uh, so in the, uh, the Yoshi's Island, because it's all like beach-themed, you know, um, when you get to Bowser, uh, instead of giving you a star, he gives you a like Bowser, like floaty, like a pool, like inner tube. Um, and he puts it around you and it pops. Uh, and then you, you know, you spin around and you like get stars around your head and he calls you fat. (laughs) He's, (laughs) he he says, I I think exactly what he says is, Oh, it popped. Have you gained weight? Nice. And I was just like, what <laughs> like the the first time because i i happen to see bowser several times on that map but like the first time i was just like i dude <laughs> hey come on man you're you're supposed to be like a brute this is like now you're a bully yeah well, you know it, you know most people don't gain weight when they've been in suspended animation for so long you look great by the way really healthy yeah um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, my, my uh, three minor throwaway notes, which was, uh, and this was maybe just happenstance, but when we were playing, Luigi could not get his <laughs> together. Could not catch a break. No, so I was just like, is this, is this where this comes from? Like the trope of Luigi just like 
just being atrocious. So um, I like to believe that it is. Uh, this is dumb. I mean, and so minor, but it's just I I, I gotta say it. Why why are you rolling tens on a six sided dice? They have dice for that. They're called d tens. <laughs> it's uh, let me just put it to you this way. Uh, it gets way worse in, <laughs> in the in the later Mario Party yeah. games where. They're always shaped like D6s, but sometimes they don't go from 1 to 10. They go from like 5 to 15 or. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. like you can get different dice. Yes. And you yeah, can different characters which... have different dice and you right. can buy different dice with the coins you start. Yeah. Yeah. But just, just use the different actual dice. I mean, whatever. Or, it's or, fine. Or just have a number indicator. Yeah. Instead of it making. Oh, here, here's something. I, I'll, I'll tack on to your thing you think is a throwaway note. On the cover art for this game, it's Mario jumping up to punch his a question mark block. Well, no, yeah. it's, it's to hit the die, and, oh, yeah, and yeah. like he's rolling it on his turn. But the side that's facing the viewer is the three, mm. to the point where when I was trying to find the artwork <laughs> for this game to make sure I could put it uh, into our games list, I was like, is, "This is the cover art for the first, right?" And I had to like yeah. look at the cartridge and like cross reference, and I was like, "Oh my god!" They put a giant number three on the front of the first game and then went on to make a third game, <laughs> which they had to put a different number three on. I was like, ah. yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know why they used it. a six sided shape. Dislike zero stars would not <laughs> would not follow. Um, and uh, the, the the final note, which I think actually very elegantly leads us into uh, the, the final question, which is there is just so much game here. If only some of it was worth playing. <laughs> So, so that's how you felt about it. I mean, it's your, your summary. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll, but you know, not to bury the lead, <laughs> you, you go first. Yeah. Uh, I mean, full nostalgia goggles oh, required, yeah. right? Like no, no question. And here's the thing. I, I've, I've tried to hedge my bet a few times on games we've played over the years and been like, you know, Oh, but the remake or, Oh, but a later one in the series. I don't actually think that's the case with this game. I think Mario party is, a game that has really in your face rubber band physics because of the nature of its tabletopiness. Uh, it's directed at two groups and this is a comprehensive list, <laughs> uh, for real human players and children that that's it. If you have any kind of games literacy or you are an adult, I cannot imagine you playing this game by yourself and getting any enjoyment out of it because it's just not, it's not fun. There's no skills to master. The randomness feels random to the point of not being interesting. Right. At least with a slot machine, it's like, okay, there's 20 different shapes and I, you know, it stops one, two, three, and I get to see, you know, which lines I might win on. Like there's some, it's all, it's a hundred percent random, but you feel like you understand what's happening And this. There were times that things were happening that was just like, I don't even know what, cause that to happen other than the game wanted to make the race feel tighter. Right. And that's not a satisfying reason for randomness to happen because yeah. it, it's not random then yeah. it's using the trappings of randomness to actually railroad the game into being a tighter race. So uh, no full nostalgia goggles required. If for some reason you want to play this game, if you have fond memories of this game and you want to like go pick up the new one that just came out, just only ever play it with other people and you'll probably enjoy it just fine. Yeah. But you'll enjoy it because you enjoy your friends or your yeah. family that you're playing with, not because you enjoy the game. Right. It, it, so, first of all, agreed. 100% nostalgia goggles. The only way that this works is, is you know, if one, everybody goes in with the understanding that 
there's no skill involved. It's all kind of a random mess, you know, and then to then just have fun with that, you know, um, basically, you know, the, 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 like you said, the randomness is the, the veneer on it's so thin. It's, it's, it, you can easily tell that it's going on. Um, there are so many different ways in which they could fix that, but they don't, they haven't. I mean, it's borne out. Like there have been so many times where we said like, well, the industry's borne out that this is not the call, but that's not, this is, this is Mario party 18, except, you know, just the graphics aren't as good. So clearly they're doing what they want to do and it sells. So I, I don't, you know, get it from like a, a true, like, you know, so the only thing that could be is that one is that you just enjoy getting together with your friends and, you know, saying like, look, man, it's all random and, and let's not put our feelings on the line. Let's just get together and have, have a great time because honestly, whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter except for our games where I kicked your ass. The curtain falls. The music plays, the credits roll, then it all fades to black. And you're left by yourself, the fanfare is gone. There's no player two, there by your side to share victories won. But as you slowly progress, down the hall to your bed, a few great events leak back into your head From the time that you spent Traversing the land Battling evil, fighting the darkness Just sword in hand Your memories creep in With the edge of a smile You realize again What you've lost for a while you're gonna think back much less 